Thanks for joining us on the Father's House Podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online simply by going to thefathershouse.com. We'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week. Now, let's go to this week's message. What great worship today. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for those of you that are watching online. Listen, if you're healthy and you're alive, get back into church, okay? But if you're sick or your immune system is low, you stay home till you feel comfortable. But we thank you for watching. We thank you for being here. And it just, it just looks so good to see you back in the house and to hear you worshiping today. So, We're going to start a new series next week. It's our fall spiritual growth campaign. And uh, it's going to be called uh, Doors to Your Destiny. Now, some of you may not have been around when we've done a fall campaign, a spiritual campaign. So I want to take some time before I get into the teaching today to talk about why we do a fall campaign, what it involves, and what's it all about. Here's what it is, basically in a sentence, if you wanted to know, take a picture of this, this is good. It is a concentrated 40-day spiritual boost, say spiritual boost, spiritual boost, just uh, chat that on the line right there, put in spiritual boost, yeah, let me, let me see that, that's great. Thanks for watching today, a spiritual boost to your life that we commit to do how? Together, say it again, together using multiple learning styles to equip and energize you for our future. One of the reasons that we're doing this and a uh, a spiritual campaign is that we understand that we don't grow continually all the time. We actually grow in spurts or seasons. Uh, As a farmer, you know that things don't continue to grow. There are seasons for the growth. And so it is in a Christian life. There are seasons. And so there are seasons when we maybe are hitting a little slump and we say, you know what? I need a boost. And so our fall campaign is that. It's a spiritual boost for you. So you say, it's 40 days. Why 40 days or six weeks? Because they say it takes six weeks to develop a new habit. Three weeks to get comfortable with doing that, and then three weeks to make that a habit. So we want to help all of us to do that. It's amazing when I meet a lot of Christians that say, you know, I, uh, I, 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 I don't have a, a daily devotion, a prayer time, and it's like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do that. I want to get on target and do that. And so you do it for like two days, and you, and, you, and you drop it, you don't do it, and you pick it back up again, and you say, okay, I, I want a spiritual discipline, I want, a, I want a spiritual, and you drop it again, and it's sort of like you pick it up again, and you, you start winding, and, and, it, and if that continues like that, we never develop the habit of a daily Christian spiritual life walking with God. It takes six weeks, six weeks of you doing this every day, Six weeks of us doing this every day to develop the habit of having a spiritual life. So what kind of spiritual habits are we going to work on? We're going to work on the habit of a daily devotion. Say daily devotion. So in your notes or wherever you're taking notes or in your mind, if you've got such a great mind, you never take notes, would you put the 714, 714, at 714 a.m. every morning. 
one of our pastors is going to come on, as we're doing now, and they're going to lead you in a prayer, and they're going to lead you in a daily devotion for the next six weeks, all right? At 7.14, so you say, well, I can't do it at 7.14, I'm driving. Well, it's on Facebook, a Father's House Facebook, and you can just join in any time during the day. So a daily devotion, a daily prayer, and our pastors are going to help you, lead you in that. And then the habit of doing life together. We call that life groups. We also call that church at home. It means, uh, as they did in the book of Acts, they met corporately, and then they met in house to house. And then we're also going to work on developing a corporate worship experience. So let me say this to you. If you haven't signed up for a life group, you need to do that today. Uh, get into a life group. Text groups to 352-329-2301 uh, and do that. Or you can stop in the lobby today and do that. And we have some new ones this week, this semester. We have some of uh, 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 at 9 o'clock. Pastor Tim and Andrew are leading a group on finances, and it'll be right here. And then also, uh, Michael David Huey, who is uh, a leading expert in our nation area of physical health and, uh, and weight and exercise and whatever you call all of those, on Tuesday nights, he's going to lead a Zoom meeting, and it's open to anybody, even though if you're in another group. You know, we're worried a lot about the COVID-19, but I'm going to tell you, a whole lot more people die because they're overweight and they stress their heart out. So we need to work on presenting our bodies to the Lord and sign up for that. So, and then we're going to use multiple learning styles to help you in this next 40 days. Some of us are, some of you are auditory learners. You learn by listening. How many of you are like that? I mean, the best listening, that learning that you do is by listening. Would you raise your hand? All right. There's a few of us. I'm a, I'm a great auditory learner. I listen. I listen all the time. And then there are those of you that say, no, I'm not good at listening, but if I can see it, I'm a visual learner. If I can read it or if I can see it, then, then I'm there. How many of you are a visual learner? You see it? Okay, there. And some of you say, no, it's not listening. It's not seeing. I'm an oral learner. If I can talk about it, if I can walk that way, then I do that. How many of you are like that, you know? And if that's you, you'd love life groups. Because in life groups, you get to talk about it. Now, now that you scare you off, you say, well, I'm not a talker, so I'm not going into a life group. It's not all about talkers. And listen, time out. If you are a talker, don't talk all the time. All right? If you're the only one making comments, look around and say, hmm, Maybe, uh, maybe I need to ask Bob what Bob thinks about that. So let me say this. 40 days is going to be worthless to you unless you're in a life group. Listen, I'm serious. The next 40 days in this campaign is going to be worthless to you unless you're in a life group. Because it's in a life group, in a small group, in a circle, in a home, uh, in a coffee shop, where you're able to process these things and talk about them. So you say, man, I'm looking forward to this, doors to your destiny, because I know I've got a dream, I've got a destiny, but I'm going to tell you, it's not going to work unless you get in a small group. That's how we designed this. So auditory learners, visual learners, oral learners. And then there's another group of learners that you don't like, to, you're, you're not in, you say, I, I, I can't learn by hearing, I can't learn by reading, I can't learn by talking about it, and you're a man. Because we don't want to read the directions. 
Uh, we don't want anybody to tell us that. We're what we call we're kinetic learners. After all, you can't learn how to play football by reading a book, right? You can't learn how to put a TV together by reading the manual, right? You got to get your hands on it. So another thing we're doing in life groups is every life group will have an open door um, project in which we're going to do something in our community or in our world around us. Now, growing up in a little country church, the only way we ever learned was by hearing, right? Hearing. We heard the preacher preach. And I, I, you know, I grew up in, in a little church, and uh, we had preachers, and they'd preach good. And I watched some people be in church for 20 years, he, there every Sunday, hearing great sermons, and yet the Word never penetrated them. They still were cranky old gossipers after 20 years of just listening. You know why? Because we are forgetters. Almost 25 years here at this church, I'm going to tell you the same way. There have been people that have sat under my ministry and other, other preaching for almost 24 years, and they haven't changed any. You know why? Because we're forgetters. We forget. And if that's all we're doing is listening and not applying it, not working on it, here's what I find that we forget, listen to this, we forget 95% of what we hear in 72 hours. So that means by Wednesday, you will only remember, unless you take notes or you're in a life group and you process that, you will only remember 5% of what I teach today. Now, for a pastor, that's very humbling to think that I spend 20, 25 hours on creating a sermon. Some of you say, Wow, I think you need to work 40 hours if that's the best you can come up with. So we work hard at that, and then I pass it out there. And then to think that by Wednesday, you're only going to remember 5% of what I've talked about. So that's why we have, we have uh, these little sermon journals here. And next week, we go back to the handouts. You'll actually have the handouts so that you can fill them out. And you can also go online and get those handouts. And you need to take notes on a Sunday. Don't just sit. Look around next week. And if you see somebody just sitting there like this, you look at them and say, maybe you should take notes. All right? You be my help next week because we got a lot of people. Now, I'm giving you a bye this week. All right? I'm giving you a bye this week, but not next week. We're looking at 40 days. After six weeks, if you want to sit there and just listen, listen. But would you for one time in the next 40 days, in six weeks, do everything you can to be here for every sermon, take notes of every sermon, get in a life group, process that, memorize what we ask you to memorize, and do all of that, and see if in the next 40 days of reading, studying, memorizing, taking notes, and discussing if your life won't be better. Can you give me that? Can you give me that for the next six weeks? So here's how I want you to follow up now. I believe your heart, but I want to see it in writing. In front of you is a connection card, and we always fill out a connection card every week. And if you'll say to me, Terry, I'm going to, be, I'm going to do my best to be with you for the next six weeks. I'm going to do my best to get in a small group, and I'll do the best I can. Would you fill out that connection card, and on the back say, all in? 40 days, whatever. And then as you leave today, would you put that in one of the generosity buckets? Because here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take all of those cards that you say, I'm in with you for the next 40 days. I'm going to, I'm going to, I need a spiritual boost. And every day, I'm going to look at those cards 
I'm going to lay hands on those cards. I'm going to pray for those cards because I want you in this spiritual boost, in this next six weeks, I want you to get everything that you can possibly get. So would you do that? Thank you, Anita. I have one person that's going to do that, all right? I know you are writing, and some of us, we can't write and talk at the same time. But the proof will be in the pudding when you drop out that connection. Those of you that are watching online, would you do the same thing? So that's my introduction for today. Now, here's the teaching. I want us to think about the doors that we walk through. We talked in this series about doors to your destiny. Doors have a great spiritual significance in the Bible. In fact, there are 400 references to doors in the Scripture. And they talk about a door, a gateway of opportunity, a door of salvation. And let's take a little fun quiz this morning. How many of you in your home, by raising your hand, you have at least one sliding door? Do you have a sliding door? All right. How many of you have a, a pocket door? All right, a pocket door. How many of you have a front door? All right. How many of you have a back door? How many of you have a basement door? Yeah. We're all Floridians, aren't we? We have sand here. How many of you in a previous home, you had a basement door? There you go, a bunch of northerners. How many of you have a Dutch door? Nobody here, Dutch door. You can look that up this afternoon. How many of you have a garage door? All right, there you go. How many of you have an attic door? Okay. How many of you have a bathroom door? How many of you just have a sheet? Oh, sorry. <laughs> How many of you have an, have an automatic door at your house? All right, thank you. How many of you have a revolving door in your house? You say, yeah, I got a, I got a teenager. I have a revolving door in my house. How many of you have a glass door in your house? All right. People in glass houses shouldn't throw rocks, right? So, I don't know. How many of you have a jammed or a squeaking door in your house? Yeah, there we go. All right. How many of you have a trap door? Anybody have a trap door? Oh, nobody has a trap door. I'm hoping somebody had that. How many of you have, I won't tell anybody, but how many of you have a secret door in your house? Okay, thank you. We have a few that have a secret door, and it's the secret. Roberta, you didn't know that Ben has a secret door in your house, so we're not going to tell, all right? Uh, you ever think about doors? Doors could be an entrance, or doors could be an exit. Doors could say, welcome, or a door could say, keep out. Listen, this is what I believe with all of my heart about this teaching. God has given each of us a dream. Would you say a dream? Would you post that right there and say, God has given us all a dream? Or just put in there, dream. If you're slow, you can just put it in there. God has given us a dream. What do you mean by a dream? I mean an idea that sets your heart on fire when you think about it. Unfortunately, a lot of people's dreams never come to pass. So they never fulfill the dream that God has for them. Sadly, some of us have dreams when we're young. And then we start working and we do life. And then it doesn't happen. And then we get older and we say, Oh, yeah, I remember that dream. But I'm not sure it was a dream from God. Maybe it's just a pipe dream. Maybe it's just a nightmare. Maybe it was just of those. And we pass them away. But I'm hoping and praying and believing in these next 40 days, in this six weeks, that God will revive the dream that he's put in your heart years ago. And, and you've become safe. And you've become ordinary. 
Because that dream that God gave you, sort of, when you, when you, think, when you thought about that dream, like when, when God laid on our heart that we were to pioneer a church, birth a church, and we didn't know where, it was sort of caused a little vomit in my mouth. I'm sorry, I, I don't mean to be so graphic. But I, I believe a dream from God helps us to realize I can't do this without Him. And that all creates a little bit of that vomit. That, and it makes me nervous. Makes me afraid. I don't know. But here's what happens. We get those dreams as a kid. We get those dreams as a young entrepreneur. But then when we have setback and we have life and we have disappointment, we get to the place and then we find ourselves maybe in a desert season. And we think, well, I guess that dream is past. Can I remind you, and I'm going to talk about this some, can I remind you of Caleb, what, 80, 85 years old, when they finally made it to the promised land? And he said, listen, my dream hasn't diminished. I asked for the toughest place, the mountains, where the giants are, and I'm going to say that dream is still alive in my heart. Some of you that have come to Florida to retire, it's a place that God in the next six weeks is going to revive a dream that you had in your life, and he's going to birth that again and he's going to help you to realize that without him you can't do it by yourself, right? There's that dream. I remember uh, uh, Kelly, one of my daughters, saying, I want to be a successful business person that one day I can give a car away to somebody who needs a car. I want to be able to give a house away to somebody that needs a house. Why don't we have more entrepreneurs like that? They say, oh, I want to make a lot of money. I want to be the who's who. How about utilizing what God has helped you so you can turn around and help some single mom or some single dad with all the wealth that God gives you? And then there are people say, you know, yeah, I just, you know, God gave me a great voice to worship, a, a great voice to sing. I mean, I wonder how many people that we buy their records or we buy their eight tracks. If some of you don't remember eight track, look it up. Uh, that started in church. And their heart was to use their music and their talent to, for God. But because the church was so judgmental in some ways and didn't like certain styles, we pushed them out. We didn't say to a person, you know what? You can minister in the world by singing and using that platform to bring people to God. So I'm just saying, revive that dream, Lord. Revive that dream. What if lying in your heart is something that's so big because it's a dream that God has given you? And maybe it's for such a time as this. I'm going to tell you, this Bible is a book about destiny. You say, but I don't know if it can happen. Listen, here's what God promises. This is our memory verse for this series. Revelation chapter 3, it's on the screen. Would you read it with me? This is Jesus talking. I see what you've done. Now see what I've done. I've opened a door before you that no one can slam shut. You don't have much strength. I know that. You used what you had to keep my word. You didn't deny me when times were rough. You see, here's the promise. God is saying, listen, I know you don't have it all together. I know you're not perfect. But I also know this. You haven't given up on me. You're still coming to church. You're still trying to serve me. You're still working in the midst of that. And he says, I know you don't have all the strength, but I'm going to tell you, I put a dream in your heart. And when I put a dream in your heart, I'm going to open a door. And when I open a door, no man will be able to shut that door. That's a good place to give the Lord a hand clap and say, let it be, Lord. Lord, let it be. 
So let me just share with you what you need to know about the doors in your life. Here's what you need to know about the doors in your life. Number one, every door is a decision. Every door is a decision. Doors are metaphors for the choices we make every day. Every day, you walk by a door, and you have the choice to go in that door or to walk by that door. Every day, I drive by Donut King. I drive by. It's been a long time since I went into that door because I'm trying to get healthy. I'm trying to present my body as a temple to the Lord. And there's certain stores that I walk in. There's certain aisles I don't go down. There's certain things I don't watch on TV. There's certain doors that I don't walk through. So I want you to think about the dream that God has given you, and I want you to think about the doors that you walk by every day. And you have to ask yourself, will I walk in this door? Somebody can open up a door and say, well, did you hear a rumor door? Hey, did you hear about Pastor Tim? Did you hear about Brenda? Did you hear about that? And so the door's cracked a little bit, so you have the choice to say, oh, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. So I can tell, or you say, "Um, I don't see them here. And if I talk about something or someone and they're not in the room, that's called gossip. And you slam that door and you walk by. Every door is a decision. Number two, my destiny will be shaped by which doors I walk past and which doors I walk through. The tough part sometimes is knowing the right door to walk through, right? You ever walk through a door and after you walk through that door, you said, oh, no. This wasn't the right door. You ever bought something and you didn't pray about it or you didn't look at your budget before you did it and then you signed the dotted line and then you have that feeling, oh no, this was not the right door. Or maybe you married someone or got into a relationship with someone who was not a believer and then after all the ooby-gooby fell off and life began to hit, there's a new word, ooby-gooby. Just write that down. When I die, you can come up with all the words that I've created. Oovy doovy. There's a new one. That's Andrew, there's a song right there. A worship song. Oovy doovy. I love him, oovy doovy. Sorry, it's only first service. I got to get through second service, all right? When we walk through a wrong door, sometimes it's very difficult to get out of that door. When we make a wrong decision, sometimes it's very difficult to get back on track. How many of you know that sometimes it takes years? And we need discernment about what doors. And I'm going to talk about discernment. Here's a promise of the scripture, Deuteronomy 30, 15. Today, I'm giving you a choice. Would you read it with me? You can choose life and success or death and disaster. God is saying today in this prequel, In these doors that we're going to talk about, you can make a choice. Life or death. Success or disaster. Number three, a door door may be an opportunity from God. I believe in this next six weeks, in this next weeks that we're going to be together, I believe God is going to open wide open some doors for some of you that will blow your mind. 
And you say, yeah, but will it be problem-free? No, there's never a great door you've walked through that's problem-free, right? But it, God was says, I will help you. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 16 and 9, a huge door of opportunity. Say, a huge door of opportunity. How many of you say, I, I'd be open. I'd be open for a huge door of opportunity. Would you raise your hand? A huge door of opportunity can open for a good work that has opened up here. So some doors, some doors are doors from God. And I'm going to pray. I'm going to pause right now. And if you need some open doors, some big open doors, I'd like you to just raise your hands to the Lord right now, those of you watching online. Father, you see the people right now that have lifted their hands to you. And they are, they are needing, Lord, a boost. And in this spiritual campaign, the next six weeks, Lord, I'm asking you, you see their hands up, I'm asking you to open a huge door of opportunity, an opportunity to own a home, to own a car that doesn't drop more oil on the parking lot that it burns. Lord, I'm asking you to open door of a relationship, an open door of a spiritual walk with you, an open door for the dream that you have given in the name of Jesus. A, a door could also be not only an open door from God, but a distraction from others. The enemy will always use doors as a distraction from others. Remember Nehemiah? Nehemiah is building a wall. He's working a door. God opened up a door and said, build the walls. So Nehemiah is building the walls, and the enemy comes along, and they say, Nehemiah, I know we've had our differences in the past, and I know that we're not really serving the God that you serve, but would you come over to Ono, O-N-O, that's a town, and meet us there, and let us talk about this. Here's what Nehemiah says. I sent messengers to them and replied, I'm doing an important work right now. Why should the work that I, while it cease and I would come down to you? In other words, he's saying, oh no, I'm not going to, oh no. You, you'll get it later, all right. Some of you have wrong people in your life and they're saying, you need to meet this person. And that person is not a follower of Christ. Oh, you need to do this. Or you need to do that. Now listen, be careful that the people that you rub shoulders with are not the people that God is trying to try, has been trying to exit from your life. But every time a crisis comes up, you chase them down. God has taken them out of your life. Look, here's what's happening to somebody right now. Man, I feel like this is a prophetic word for somebody. You've been drawing closer to God, closer to God, closer to God. And then a crisis, a difficulty comes to your life. And you know what you've been doing? You've been reaching now by phone or email or something else to somebody who's not good for your life. And so what they come in and they're giving you words that's distracting you from God. I'm going to tell you, when God takes people out of your life, you need not chase them down and try to get a selfie, but you need to say, thank God for taking the wrong people out of my life and putting right people into my life. This is a season of destiny, and God's going to put some new people in your life. Also, doors can be a trap door from Satan. I mean, he'll use religious people to lay out a trap door to get you messed up. Jesus says, he says this to Peter, a religious guy. Get away from me, Satan. He's not saying Peter was Satan, but he's saying the influence 
the words that you're speaking to me are evil influenced. You are a dangerous trap to me. You're looking at things merely from a human viewpoint, not God's viewpoint. So we got to be careful the doors of where they are. Number four, if an open door is truly from God, it will be what he's already said in his word. I need to repeat that one. If an open door is truly from God, it will be what he's already said in his word. God will not violate his word. I've seen this happen too many times in the years that I've been ministering. Maybe you're in a bad marriage and you've gotten distracted and you're very disappointed and you won't tell anybody but you're looking for anything to happen to get an open door out of that marriage. Now you're working somewhere and there's a new employee. We'll just call her a she and we'll say you're a he but we could reverse it. And this new employee is nice to you. She doesn't complain. She compliments you. Unlike your wife, who's always complaining, seemingly, and is always not complimenting, but tearing you down. And you look at this woman at work, and you look at your wife at home. Listen, you can't compare tangerines and submarines. They may sound alike, but they're not alike. You can't compare what you think is an open door that violates God's word because Proverbs 6 says this, whoever commits adultery is a fool and whoever commits a dis adultery destroys their own soul. I hear people say, oh, but Pastor Jerry, I've been praying and God sent this man, God sent this woman into my life and now we're moving in together and I know I shouldn't do that, but we're moving in together because I know God sent them. Listen to me, read my lips. No he didn't. Look at, listen to this word. No, no. Not on your life. He doesn't violate his word. Some of you have walked through a door that was a trap door, an enemy door, and you're, you're upside down financially. You're upside down in relationships, and you come to Pastor Tim for counseling. We need money. We need help out of this. And the first thing he's going to tell you, you are not in the right order in God's relationship for God to bless you and you don't want to hear that listen you can be forgiven for an affair but there will be scars and effects of that that you'll have for the rest of your life grass is not always greener on the other side grass is greener where you cultivate it grow up accept responsibility for your part of a marriage you can't change the other person, but you can change you. You can develop new patterns in such a way that you create a new person in you that they might like to treat you different. You say, well, you know, I just don't have the feeling anymore. Well, the feeling has left me. I, I, I've lost it. No, act your way into the feeling, and then you'll feel your way into action. Oh, that's brilliant. Let me say that again. Act your way into the feeling not feel your way into the action. Bible said heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Number five, sometimes God cracks an open door to give you a glimpse of my future long before I'm ready to walk through it. Here's what's going to happen in this series. God's going to crack open an open door. 
and he's going to say, here's the destiny for I have for you. And nobody can steal this destiny from you except you can make wrong choices. And he's going to crack that door open. And you may not be ready to walk into that door. I, I love this verse. I was going to skip over it, but I need, to, I need to go back. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3. The things that I'm planning for you won't happen right away. But slowly, steadily, surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, don't despair, for the things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day, a single day. So often, dreams are drowned by our own negative thinking. God has given you a dream, and the world is waiting for that dream to be fulfilled. What is that dream? What is that dream? You say, I don't know. I don't even know if I have a dream. I'm going to tell you right now, you do have a dream. And you don't want to miss any of these next six weeks. You don't want to miss what it's going to be like in a life group to know what doors, what doors is going to help me to fulfill this dream. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? For God, we thank you today for your love to us. We thank you that you have put in us a dream. You didn't, you didn't, nobody is here by accident. But you've created in us a dream that the world is waiting to be fulfilled. And Lord, we don't want to use that dream or that destiny just on ourselves and squander it. But we want to use it for your kingdom and for your glory. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you're here today and you say, Terry, I, I had a dream years ago. And I'd almost forgot about it until you talked about it today. And God's rekindled that dream. Maybe it's a dream to get a degree. Maybe it's a dream to start your business. Maybe it's a dream for whatever it is. A dream for the mission field. A dream for something else. And you thought, talked yourself out of it with negative thinking. But God is saying today, I'm opening a door. And no man can shut that door. Only you can shut it with your negative thinking and your lack of faith moving through that door. I'll remind some of you today that in Revelation, Jesus says this, Behold, I stand at the door of your heart, and I'm knocking to get in. That's where the dreams really start, by letting Jesus into your heart, into your life. If you're here today and you've never invited Jesus into your heart, into your life, I want to pray with you today and believe with you for that. Would you raise your hand and say, That's me today. That's me. Those of you that are watching online, that's me. I need to invite Jesus into my heart and into my life. I know he's knocking on my heart's door, and I need to invite him in today. Let me lead you in a prayer. Pray this prayer with me. Father God, thank you today for loving me, for caring for me, for dying for my sins. And today, I ask you to forgive me of my sins and to come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life. And we'd love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps are in your relationship with Jesus, all you have to do is go to thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.